Want to scroll that back up to the tippy, tippy, tippy top? Tippity top. Oh, yeah, say it is. You got something to smoke there? What's up? What's up? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> if you have arrived to the Pot Smoking Moms podcast, then you're exactly where you need to be. I'm Sunny D, along with my homegirl, Captain J. Hello. Uh, if you got something to smoke, I hope you're getting ready to smoke with us. Um, and if you like our podcast, please rate, subscribe, share, and just, you know, be friends with us in general. On all of our social medias, potsmokingmoms.com is our website. You can find everything there. You can also become a patron. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but we have long extended uncut interviews on our Patreon and patrons get all of that as part of the as part of the deal. It's yeah. pretty great. And and this episode definitely is going to have yeah, some cut. we're going to have an uncut version of the interview which is fantastic. You're going to want to listen to. Sometimes we're having so much fun having our conversations with our guests like we don't want to cut it short. So this was like almost 2 hours that yeah, we spoke to Miyabi and, and Riley. I, and I had to do the thing where I'm like, hey, I don't mean to like interrupt this train of thought because Miyabi was about to start up some yeah. shit yeah. and I was just like and I wanted her to yeah, I know. and I was like we're, we've we been talking for show. a really long time we should probably like stop <laughs> but it was really fun so please check out um, our website and you can become a patron and listen to the extended version of the interview we have set up for you today what do you got going on with the smokes I have a little bowl packed here of dream hunter in indica from truly dream hunter yeah I never heard of that yeah. good you like for it? me too I, I don't know I haven't tried it oh yet. it's the first time yeah yeah I am having some a blueberry muffin from one plant oh, I ended up good. getting their delivery this Wednesday pretty great we got some i got some snaps for like i really like their ice cream cake oh i got their marshmallow og that one's great which it's low thc but it's a really good strain i really like it so cheers cheers if you got them smoke them like i said earlier uh we do have an awesome interview for this episode we're going to be talking to riley d and dr miyabi shields they're cannabis scientists and if you're not following them on tiktok please do yourself a favor and follow them they are so much fun and you'll get to listen to them a little bit later also if you're listening to this podcast uh the day that it airs which is wednesdays we also do an instagram live uh, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, and we will be going live with Riley D and Miyabi. So please uh, jump Join on us. and check check it out. Get a chance to ask these scientists any questions you have, anything that may have come up on your mind listening to the, to the interview. Right, exactly. So you can do the asking of the <laughs> questions. Oh man, I could have talked to them forever. It yeah, was, it really was a fun. lot of fun. We um. This past weekend was my my older girl's birthday, Sloane. She turned She's four. So cute in her UK's little came. Space Jam cheerleader outfit, outfit, holding her pigeon. <laughs> she is just. I want to eat her. Every, yeah, both she, of them. I know. And Sid was so funny with her little pigtails and her Jordan jersey. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, Jeez. <laughs> always. 
She's. Have you seen any of those videos where the little kid is like really upset, and you take out a camera and they turn around and they go cheese? Yeah, no, that's very something she would that's do. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but it was really fun. We rented out the entire movie theater, which was something we had talked about a long time ago when COVID started, started yeah. and the movie theater started offering this as kind of like a safe way of going to the movies. Yeah. Finally, we got to do it, and it was really fun. It was awesome. It was I awesome. loved it. It was since it was a new movie. It was what one fifty. No, it was 200 bucks. 200 because yeah. it was like a brand new, brand new movie. Yeah, it was 200 bucks. But we can, for we can go cheaper for, for 20, 20 guests. guests. Yeah, but they're, they weren't, they weren't counting. counting. And Did I we was, have more than 20 in there? I don't think so. I think when we you count the it, kids. I mean, I think we, if anything, I think we might have had 20. But yeah. I don't think we had more than 20. But they were like super lax about it. I had brought treats. How many seats were in there? It was a small theater, but it, it was a small theater, but it was a lot of. Seats. I was worried that since I knew that we were since it was a private thing that we would most likely get a small theater. I was worried it wouldn't be those recliner seats, but it was. I had you know, and I those didn't, seats were so they were they were nice. Yeah, they it were was nice. really really cool. I missed the movies, so it was really nice. I know I missed the movies too, and I heard you can bring your own movie. Like, How? They don't, I mean, not maybe not projectors? that one. It's no longer film projectors? I'm not they, really they sure. I'm sure they do. I mean, projectors are, all, you can have all kinds of projectors, but. Yeah, I know. I just always assume movie theaters still used film, film projector. Yeah, I know. But I, I don't know if that one does, but. I guess I would love to, to do that, that shit with my friends. With just us going and. You could pick whatever movie you want and give it to them and they'll play it. I think, I think there's certain. I, there's, I've heard that that exists. I don't don't know if it's that specific theater we went to, but we could check it out and see. But even if it, we even, could pick, a, they do a, classics a, too. A stoner movie. I know. Let's do a stoner do. mom's night, and we pick a stoner movie. That we all take really, our vape pens. <laughs> that would be so. Because you know we got the theater funny. to ourselves. That would be fucking awesome. We could take our own snacks. I was yes. really, I was really In nervous because I thought they were gonna say some shit about. I have made little boxes for yeah, the kids. I saw. So I was kind of like, oh, if they say something, I'm going to be so mad. But my my husband was like, they're not going to say shit. They did not. They didn't even. I thought like, for sure they were going to say They're like, something. oh, you're here for birthday? Okay, yeah, theater nine. And we're like, oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they counted on the way out, but. Maybe on the way in, somebody because somebody was like, oh, do you have your tickets? And then uh, I was like, oh, we're here for a private. And then somebody came over and like, yes, you're here for the birthday party? Yes, that's theater nine. And he told me where to go. So uh-huh. maybe that guy was keeping track. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. But it was pretty cool, and we should do it again. Yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> for the adults. Yeah. I mean, I'll do it again for the kids, too, but because I feel that it's kind of safer for them. Yeah, especially since, like, this was the first time your girls have been yeah, to a movie. Yeah, it was the first time, and it's so, like a good primer for yes, them. Yes, four and two. Two. So, two, not a good idea to take them to the movie. She did her best. Yeah, I didn't take... She did her best. Well, four, I think she four was, is a good age. She... My oldest was into the movie. We watched Space Jam. Oh, my God. That picture you took of them and her face. She was like, oh, she (laughs) was mad. Oh, about it. Yeah. She was really like, whoa. Does she love love LeBron James now? She does. (laughs) It was all about Michael Jordan before. But then we had to be like, hey, he's retired for a long time. Come on. Like, you you know, I think you said you did it, too, with your kid, with your son. (laughs) And it was like, because Michael Jordan's a predominant basketball Yeah, figure. and they saw Space Jam with Michael Jordan. Yeah. So they think, oh, Michael Jordan's going to be in it. Space Jam was great. It was, you know, it's, it was cute. It was it's fun. Cheesy, I laughed. But it's I like, laughed yeah. out loud. Yeah, me And too. you did too. I heard you several yeah. times. Yeah, and you know what? It was, the movie was ours. <laughs> I was so. on the other side of the theater and I could hear Dee laughing. Yeah. And did you hear us 
cheering yes. for when LeBron was in Miami and they won the championship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it too because we could be as some loud as the, we want. Some of the little like roasts towards LeBron oh, yeah. were hilarious. Well, I was like, oh, he leaves. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does. That's his dance. That's, <laughs> that's his emo. Yeah. He goes from here to there to there. Yeah. I was like, oh, bird. I had read some reviews really. I mean, it's going a kids into movie. movie, but still, it doesn't matter. Even if it's a kids movie, there's still elements that you know a lot, and a lot of times they're made for parents to Obviously, enjoy. With the LeBron's kids. not an actor, and he right. was not. Well, good. they said, well, I, oh, he did the best he could. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right. He did well. They were talking about how Don Cheadle was like the only one who knew what was going on. <laughs> well, he but he's amazing. He, I didn't know he could be crazy, but he yeah. could be crazy. Did you ever see the Captain Planet? Like the the parody? No. Yeah, he plays Captain Planet. He is crazy. No, I've never we'll seen watch that. it. You have new developments too. Oh Your my house God, is not it's finally done yet. happening. <laughs> it's finally happening soon. They will be breaking ground in my backyard for our pool. I cannot wait. Yeah. I was like chilling and then Jack was at the door like alerting me that somebody was there, but I was like who the fuck is here? And I'm like in my underwear and a t-shirt. And uh I'm like, he, he wouldn't walk away from the door, even though I didn't hear anything. They didn't knock. They they rung my little ring doorbell, and I don't have the app on my phone, oh, and it right. doesn't have a whatever, a chime. So I didn't know they were out there. And nobody alerted me that they were coming, and it was the pool company and uh, an engineer from some company that oversees the pipeline because I have, like, a gas pipeline that goes along my backyard, and they just need to make sure that the pool's not going to breach that in any way and be nowhere near it and make the whole block explode basically because oh. it's like jet fuel that goes through there holy shit yeah i know after i realized that, i was like holy shit <laughs> um but it's yeah the pool's like super far from there it's nowhere near where the pipeline is but they still have to come and like put the little flags of where it is and like spray paint the ground where it is and like take pictures to show the city of hialeah that it is safe so that they'll give us the permit yeah, to do doing it. it the right way Yes. So within a week, I should have my permit, most likely a week. And then two weeks after that, they're supposed to start digging. I mean, you know, based on the last experience with remodeling, <laughs> give it a little leeway. I've been waiting for this permit since April. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Just the permit. Just the permission. I know that start. whole thing. Yeah, that's a, that's why I'm like, a lot of times shit gets By held next up summer, and, I should have uh, a pool. <laughs> Right, which is a good way to think of it, because then you know it's always hot here anyway. I'll so. have my I'll have my uh, my hot bod by then. We start taking vape photos by the by your pool, not your <laughs> no, dad's, my pool. dad's pool. <laughs> so your dad's my pool. dad's gonna be all sad. We could be chilling by <laughs> your own pool. Your dad's gonna be. We're gonna catch your dad coming to hang out and do content over here by your on your pool. That'd be so funny if your dad starts becoming an influencer. <laughs> And you and me are like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, you're friends. They liked me. I have my own. I'm uh, my own profile now. Oh, man. The ladies <laughs> do always ask me when they see who yeah. see him. Who's that? That's my dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. There's a couple of listeners who are like, oh, I remember her dad. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I can <laughs> he hear you He popped up at a live. They're like, ooh. Yeah, I know a couple of ladies, specific ones who are like, ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, uh, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Bringing you the news that only matters. No, bringing you the news. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So adult use cannabis in Europe. The final countdown begins. Adult use cannabis legalization is picking up pace in the Americas. On Wednesday, the 14th of July, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer released a draft bill that would federally legalize cannabis in the U.S. Earlier that this year as well, New York joined the ever-growing collection of U.S. states in which U.S. Um, adult-use cannabis is fully legal. Last June, Mexico's Supreme Court ruled that the government should legalize the recreational use of cannabis, bringing the country a step closer to becoming the largest legal market for adult-use cannabis in the world. In Europe, it's still lagging behind. For now, there's no country in the EU that allows the legal production, commercialization, and consumption of adult-use cannabis. Things, however, are just beginning to move on the old continent as well. That, it confused me when I read that because I'm like... Old continent? The old continent is Europe. Yeah, I, I know that, though. You no, know. I'm just saying... No, because the Netherlands, like everybody knows That's Amsterdam. That's what I was about to ask. I was about to ask, isn't Amsterdam That's in what Europe? confused me when I was like, Where's but Amsterdam I guess they're saying legal different- production and co- commercialization. Like you can only, I think it's legal for you to have cannabis there and you can only go to like the coffee shops and they don't sell like for you to just take. You're supposed to consume, consume it, there. it there. Yeah. And you, they can't sell more than five grams. At least when I was there back in like the early 2000s. Damn. So you can't even buy it and take it? I mean, I, I did. Whatever I didn't smoke there in the coffee shop, they don't sit there but and they watch don't sell you. It, but they don't sell it like they do. It's not a dispensary. Exactly. It's like a, so it's like a, it's a cafe. And exactly. you go have your dessert there. But you have, you have a your little coffee dessert left smoke over. So you take the leftover. It's a doggy And that's bag. why they're not allowed to sell you like any more than five grams. Oh. Yeah. So when I was like surprised when I read this because I was like, what? But Amsterdam. Yeah, but right. then I guess that mean they mean it like in a larger production scale, like you know, yeah, like professional. Well, there are a few governments that are taking the first tentative steps toward legalization that allows or legislation that allows for adult cannabis use at least on a trial basis. June saw two political parties in Portugal, Left Bloc and Liberal Initiative, each present proposals for the legalization of adult use cannabis. The outcome of the debate was an agreement that both bills be sent to the health committee for a period of 60 days during which public hearings can be made, amendments presented and negotiations carried out before the deciding vote takes place in parliament. Luxembourg, Switzerland and the Netherlands have all passed regulations to get the ball rolling in the legalization process. In Switzerland and the Netherlands, new laws allow for the initiation of pilot schemes wherein cannabis can be legally produced, imported, and distributed to registered users. It's likely that these pilot projects will be underway with products on shelves within one to two years. This will make the two countries the first to de facto allow for a fully legal supply chain for adult-use cannabis. Wow. If the legalization process continues as expected, Portugal, along with other European countries like Spain, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Germany, Switzerland, and Malta, may be on course to introduce legal access to adult-use cannabis within the next few years. So what will be the effects of legalization? The potential effects of legalization of cannabis in Europe are far-reaching and significant from an economic, social, political, and medical perspective. The opportunities created by legalization can be transformative. So... I don't want to read the entire article because it basically goes into each of those areas and talks about how it can be a commercial boom, how it'll have a plethora of medicinal uses. Yeah, the same thing that we're talking about here, basically, trying to get the ball rolling in um, this general uh, countrywide use. So it just seems like all around the world, they're finally opening their eyes to just allow cannabis adult use. Yeah, because at this point, 
Shit, and after the pandemic, like, fuck yeah, please. Let everybody fucking <laughs> heal their trauma from the pandemic with a little bit of weed. And the like, world has Jesus. PTSD right now, people. Yes. Like, we need cannabis more than ever. More than ever. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> That's right, Nate Dog. Every single day. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of cannabis and the world stage. Cannabis takes the world stage at the Tokyo Olympics. Huh. For the first time in the Olympics, 125-year modern history, elite athletes are being open about their use of cannabis products to prepare them for the world's biggest stage in sports. Leading the charge is Olympic gold medalist and U.S. soccer women's national team star Megan Rapinoe, who incorporates CBD into her training routine using products from Mendy, a company founded by her sister Rachel Rapinoe and Brett Schwanach. Mendy's founder started the company to create a brand of, a brand of hemp-derived cannabidiol. Cannabidiol. Cannabidiol? How do you say I that I can never word? say it right. Cannabidiol. 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 CBD, bro. CBD, CBD. bro. Pre-CBD. <laughs> Products that provide athletes with natural wellness solutions to keep them recover better and perform at their best. Yes. And while Mendy has assembled... Well, I don't even want to get into the... Yeah, whole, the, 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 the brand. Whole, yeah, the whole... No, the whole Shikari thing with, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they mentioned her later in the oh, article. They do, yeah, yeah, they do. Some of the team of top athletes is brand amb- ambassadors. The company hopes to tap into a market of consumers looking for a more natural approach to health and wellness. We really believe there's a movement and a flood of people wanting healthier alternative medications. They don't want what we typically have been prescribed in this country, whether it's over-the-counter meds, prescription opiates, sleeping pills, or various tools to help with stress and anxiety, Rachel Rapineau says in a Zoom interview. <laughs> So we want to give people the healthiest option to stay on top of their game longer, specifically positioned with athletes. The world, the, the the natural world has so many medicines that we can be using. Well, but you know what, too? On top of that, I'm sorry, we never go away into big pharma because that's another topic that really sets me off because of how crazy the markup is on prescription drugs that you can go to other countries and yeah, for like way cheaper, way cheaper. But anyways, that's another. So topic. besides Megan, Megan Rapion, Mendy's team of athlete ambassadors heading to the Summer Olympics kicking off in Tokyo this week includes hurdler Devin Allen, <clears throat> softball outfielder Haley McLeany, and WNBA champion and four-time Olympic gold medicine med- medalist, medicine. <laughs> medicine. Gold medicine. medalist Sue, Sue Bird, Bird, who is engaged to be married to Megan and will serve as flag bearer at. at the Friday Olympic opening ceremony. Oh. So CBD apparently is okay. Because apparently they, it's all about yeah. CBD and they're yeah, okay yeah, with that. THC is the one, the one THC is the bad guy. So, but while the athletes have been using CBD leading up to the competition, they will not be able to bring with them to Japan the gummies and topical sticks they've been relying Japan. on for relief from the stress and strain of competing. Given the regulatory environment that makes taking products made from cannabis, including hemp, across national international borders, risky and Japan's strict anti-cannabis laws, it's right. safer to leave their CBD regimen at home. It's a point Rachel makes clear during our conversation. Although cannabis is on the world stage for the first time ever, we're not saying that it's there in Tokyo, she stresses. What we're saying is we've been there on the journey to get these athletes athletes to the world's biggest stage, and they've been taking our products every day for the past year or two years to help them with marginal gains. Every time you get a better night's sleep, every time you recover better from that last batch of exercise, then your performance is going to be better the next time. Beyond. 
<laughs> yeah, they're like pushing this. Product. Yeah, she's like, let me let me get in on some news media outlets here. We're talking about it is a performance enhancing drug. It is a performance enhancing drug, is what she's saying. Because you get every time you get. That I mean, better healing and sleep. Changing views on cannabis and sports. The World Anti-Doping Agency removed CBD, but not other cannabinoids, from its list of prohibited substances in September of 2017. But the change was not effective until January 2018, giving Olympic athletes a little more time to incorporate CBD into their training programs. For the Winter Games. For the Winter Games being held in the following month in South Korea, another country with strict cannabis cannabis laws. Uh, Also... Very strict out there. Another reason why TikTok crazy keeps pulling me. our videos and everybody yes. else's videos. That's they why they're so anti anti anti. But what's crazy to me is that current research has shown that the the, the oldest like uh, record of finding cannabis is in like China. Oh right, we've talked about that. That's yeah. insane, and they're the strictest yeah. against it. Uh, the legalization of hemp uh, via the 2018 Farm Bill further reduced the perceived risk of using CBD for many athletes. THC, however, remains on the list of banned substances, as much of the world learned earlier this month, with the unfortunate suspension and disqualification of sprinter and Olympic hopeful Shakari Richardson after she tested positive for the compound primarily responsible for the high associated <laughs> with marijuana. Rachel says that during her tenure as professional soccer player, she was often prescribed powerful drugs, including opiates, to help her manage the pain from many injuries she endured. Unfortunately, effective natural remedies were not available, a fact that didn't sit well with her. I come from a long history of drug addiction in my family, (laughs) particularly heroin and opiates, she explains. So I have an interesting emotional relationship with drugs. Wow. I didn't even. Wow. Wow. With the change in WADA policy that allows athletes to take advantage of the benefits. Oh, my CBD. Megan says that she has, I'm not going to try saying that word again. Megan <laughs> says that she has been using a variety of CBD formulations that help her stay at the top of her game. I gotta, I have to figure out how to uh, pronounce pronounce that word. I know. We're the worst. I'm just the worst at pronouncing words all the time. So <laughs> No, it's just hard. That's a hard one. That's a super hard one. CBD has become part of my all-natural recovery system that I use throughout the day to help with pain and inflammation, stabilize my mood, and get better sleep. Instead of taking Advil or other pain management meds, I've almost exclusively substituted it with Mendy's CBD I can't. Products. I can't. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do not mean to like harp it's on like, her because she's obviously has a good relationship. Like, you know, I, I do not take away from her the relationship that she has with these products. Obviously, they're doing better for her with what other other stuff has done for her. Yeah. And we see that regularly. But like this is like she is so trying Promoting. hard to promote herself. So but like and I, you know, good for her. But oh, my so, God. How about this part here? Should THC be okay for athletes too? I say yes. I think so. I mean, fucking, it is to me so interesting how we separate the plants when it is the exactly the same fucking plant. It's so ridiculous. In Canada, hemp is cannabis, is cannabis is hemp. Here, we needed to make a whole bill to separate the CBD stuff uh, from you know the hemp, the hemp from the yeah, freaking bill. cannabis but it's like it's the same thing you guys same it's, shit it's so stupid but yeah so let me see here it says shakar richardson unfortunately wanted to use a healthier alternative to manage the stress that was going on in her life 
And now she's banned from which because reading this really kind of started making me mad because here this lady was like CBD, 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 my CBD, CBD, and I'm just like, are you serious? What about Shikari? Like, she's not even trying to promote anything. She was just trying to heal herself. I know. It's so frustrating. But anyways, she wanted to use a healthier alternative to manage the stress that was going on in her life, and now she's banned from this Olympic, this year's Olympics says Rachel every athlete should have the same access that every other Americans do with the deal with the stresses of life noting to deal with the stresses of life noting that existing policies are not working yeah she was in a legal state she had every right to be able to legally use it I mean does she she was in an adult use state yeah she was in a legal state when she used it yeah see which is like which is why I don't understand okay laws are laws but like you cannot always it's not black and white like you have to use your best judgment and do the best in the moment for the situation every situation is different that's why we have a whole process in place i just don't understand why it's people think it's so like black and white cut and dry yeah yeah megan also noted oh hold on we're expected to hold on Uh, here here to the top you moved it. I didn't know where the fuck we're at. At the top. Megan agrees saying marijuana, THC, and all cannabinoids available to the public in many jurisdictions should also be available to athletes. Duh. We're expected to perform on the biggest stages and highest levels, yet we can't use all natural products to help us recover. She writes, it's not right, and these policies need to be changed to reflect where our culture is. Megan also noted that the rules and laws banning cannabis have routinely been enforced disproportionately mm-hmm. with communities of, I was about to ask you, can I see what this lady They're looks white. like? They're okay. white. All right. Because that's another reason why this article was kind of yeah. making me a little mad with communities of color off, but I'm glad that she's bringing it back here Yes, with communities of color often bearing the brunt of prohibition. She says that it is time to acknowledge the harm. These policies and laws around THC have caused and expands cannabis policy reform to all. The societal effects in terms of social justice the Swede has had on this country is just absurd, Megan says. There's so many mostly black and brown people sitting in jail for 10 or 20 plus years for weed, and it's completely unnecessary. From a social perspective, we're long overdue for the legalization of cannabis. Yep. 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 See? We are. Pretty sure. White. Uh-huh. Two white ladies. I figured. Sorry. <laughs> It's, I mean, like, look, okay, guys, a lot of times we prepare the stories in advance and we have them, you know, we have them, we put them together, we have them, but we don't read them until we're recording. Not the whole things. So I'll like read half right. of it. But so that's why sometimes you'll hear us kind of interjecting, not knowing where the story is going <laughs> and just going like, like I get my feet, my emotions get the best of me because they start reading and going, wait a minute. Wait a goddamn minute. Wait a minute. Wait a, minute. Wait yeah. a goddamn minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a goddamn minute. <laughs> and then, you know, but just so that people understand that we don't really know where it's going sometimes. So yeah. We'll get there <laughs> with our stories. So this next one, this is a little segment, really quick for you guys. But, you know, we can't let you down. I love you, Miami. This was pretty interesting. Yeah, this is funny. Like, I was going through the stories for Florida, and I, I was like, couldn't find anything everything was about covid everything was about yeah which by the way we are leading yes that's what oh it was all God. the stories are about how florida's leading in COVID we're, cases we're number one and all that we're number one the other stories were about you know the collapse of the building still right. and how they, you know so i was like then, trying to find a story and i found this funny one okay a funny one 
for I fun. mean, it's interesting. So Florida Couple stars in Dirty Rotten Cleaners, a messy new A&E show. It debuted Ju- July 19th, includes episodes filmed in Clearwater, Orlando, Kissimmee, Lake Mary, and Jacksonville. Cool, yeah. So there's a, a trailer. Yeah, we're gonna. There's a trailer for it, and it looks pretty cool. It looks like along the same lines of Hoarders. Did you ever? Did you ever check out that show, Hoarders? Uh, I've I've seen like one or two episodes. Yeah, Hoarders is pretty like. It's I mean, it's right? pretty. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's like, but you know, but it's hard too because people are attached. But in to Hoarders, stuff. it's not just cleaning up the place. It's like taking care of someone who you're trying to psychologically yeah, like yeah. get this person to let go of shit they're not willing to throw right, away. It's crazy, but this, this is a is little just more like dirty, just nasty, nastiest shit. places. We're gonna play the little trailer for it. Yeah. Oh my god! Welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida. The beaches. Welcome to the Sunshine it State. Is hot. The, the warmest, warmest place in the U.S. That's the Florida weather. I know. It's hot as balls over here. Yeah, right now. It's also the most humid state in America. In America. <laughs> so humid. Ew, those maggots are gross. They get, they get maggots God. in my that garbage all the time. A breeding ground for deadly fungus. Oh, God. That is gross. Oh, my God. Nightmare insects. Yeah, there's oh bugs so everywhere. Toxic bacteria. Biohazard. There you go. Oh my god, there's like piss and shit. It's go time. But these clean freaks are fighting back. (laughs) Alright, so they're scrubbing nasty ass shit. Smells like I might find some dead in here. It's contaminated with human urine. Oh man. Where do they get these jobs? Not everyone can do what we do. It takes a special breed of person. There's yeah. no crying and cleaning. Here, have some English. Wow. <laughs> there I'm is crying and cleaning, by the way. I'll tell you this. A professional wrestler. We're going to start cleaning this mess up. The deep clean. You got it. Yeah, just throw some oh, yeah. acid all over it. It looked like they were Burn throwing the straight up, just like rubbing well, it's alcohol. Not a cat claw, son. Oh, is that a toenail? Oh, my God. That's gross. Dirty Rotten Cleaners. New series starts Monday, July 19th. That's pretty. That's pretty. Pretty fun. I don't know. I could I could smell that video. It was disgusting. It was pretty gross. I don't, I don't think I could watch that show. You know, it's one of those shows that I would probably get hooked and watch an episode randomly. Because I do that with, um. have you ever seen, I know that TV reality shows. I like you, reality right, TV. Right. Have you ever watched my 600 pound life? No, I haven't, but I've seen it exist and I've seen clips of it. I've seen that's another show that sometimes I mean, back in the day, because I don't get time to myself anymore. Back when, like, you know how you would turn something on to kind of watch something while you're doing something, something else. Yeah, exactly. I would do. That's what I use reality TV a lot for, for background stuff while I'm like folding laundry or cleaning the kitchen or whatever. But you know who else likes reality TV? Who? Seth Rogen. What do you mean he likes it? He really? likes reality TV. I was watching like a GQ interview of his. And like, you know, recently The Hills came back on MTV. The Hills is a is an old MTV reality is show. Is Heidi Montag or whatever? In yeah, I think it's them. Yeah. I, I've never watched it, but I saw that it came back and he was like tweeting about it. Like, because oh, he was watching it and tweeting that, like what was happening. Like happy that it was back. And uh, and the GQ interview that uh, my husband and I were watching of his. Uh, which is where that clip comes from. Was like I smoke weed, like I wear shoes, or like you oh, know, yeah, yeah. like you know how why he smokes weed all the time. 
uh, he says, they're like, oh, what's your guilty pleasure? And he's like, I don't really have any guilty pleasures. You know, I don't feel guilty about it. He's like, I guess reality TV. I really like reality TV. I was like, ah, yes. That's funny. I love yeah, I, I, Somebody posted recently, I, I'm a really big fan of Billy on the Street. Have you ever seen Billy on the Street? No. Billy Eichner, he's a stand-up comedian. And, he, and he'll be running through the streets of New York and he'll be yelling stuff at people and interviewing random people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen clips of Probably that. Probably seen it. Yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. There's one episode where he, Seth Rogen's with him because sometimes he'll have like a celebrity oh, with yeah, him. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And he'll talk about the celebrity and they're like, and then the person doesn't realize the per- that the, the celebrity's, the celebrity's right, right, next right there. Yeah. yeah. So, they, so he, so Seth Rogen is holding the camera I've and they seen run it with up Will to Ferrell. Billy. Uh, the, Billy, uh, Billy has a microphone and he runs up to a random girl in New York and goes, Hey, 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 uh, do you like Seth Rogen? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, Seth Rogen just passed away. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, so my evil. God. And she was like, really, like, she was She was like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. That's terrible. And then and then he pops out and he, and he pops out of the camera. And he goes, he made me do this. <laughs> he made me do and this. Seth Rogen <laughs> says, he made me do this. And she's like, oh, my God. And he's like, I was just kidding. Seth Rogen's right here. <laughs> So funny. And then they, they come up to this old lady and this older lady loves Billy and she starts freaking out because she's like, I love you. I love your show. I think you're so funny. And and then he goes, well, what do you think about Seth Rogen? And she's like, I think he's I don't like him. I'm not into that kind. I think he's really not funny. You're so much better than him. And then Seth Rogen goes, like, oh, hi. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, oh, she's like, I'm just not in the stoner comedy. <laughs> really funny he's not just stoner comedy though like he's funny i mean obviously, obviously every, but everybody has a lot has of a different sto- you know yeah different strokes he different obviously folks. has a lot of stoner stuff in his comedy because he is a stoner exactly and he loves weed exactly uh, it was really cool the interview thing that i watched with johnny he talked about um pineapple express and and how it, he was initially supposed to be the drug dealer and james franco was supposed to be his character like james franco was supposed to be the lead okay and you know because he thought oh for the lead it should be more of an attractive guy that kind of right. gets himself in this trouble or whatever uh-huh. but james franco was like i kind of want to play the other and he's like, right you know, all right and yeah. he's like this gives me a chance to have like a lead role yeah. <laughs> and, and it made and, sense and, and it worked yeah. it worked perfectly in that movie and i, I want to watch it again though. i want you know i would like i actually want to hear the audio book his audio book it's great yeah i know i really liked it i want to hear it listen to it what's stopping you <laughs> take a shower what do you <laughs> listen you don't listen to how, stuff when you shower i do girl i don't have well, you don't have long hair well, what, like when i have to wash my hair and shave and do all that oh yeah you right. have more time in the shower so i'll put something on while i'm doing all that that's and then i also idea. clean the shower while i'm in the shower and clean it up that's a good i am gonna start doing that I was cleaning the bathroom today and i i think that's a good idea I'm yeah i have a little brush that. in there with like what i use to clean it and just clean it while i'm in there and yeah i saw that off. as a tiktok yeah that's where i got the idea TikTok. of the tiktok <laughs> the like, other day. genius yeah i was like damn that's just right speaking this would of be so tiktok easy. actually yes Are so t- many fun things to find on tiktok you get you get set into a clean tiktok or bake tiktok it's not just dancing people it's not just dancing dances teenagers. or cat videos 
We had the next the people we interviewed, Riley and Miyabi, we found them on TikTok. Yes. A lot of you guys love sending us TikTok people you find too. And I think maybe somebody might have also suggested Somebody suggested Miyabi. Oh and I was like already yeah, on it. Already like, like I already did it. I already did <laughs> because it. Because when I saw that they started working together on projects, when I saw them Magic. come up on my for you page, like I'm scrolling my for you page and I see them in a video together, I was yeah. like, Oh my god. Yeah. And they were doing that survey trying to see how many people don't feel the effects of edibles and you were answering the question and they go over the survey results with us in this interview. Yes. And so these two young scientists are on TikTok trying to change a stigma around cannabis, just doing, putting in the work like us too, you know, uh, in a different way, Riley and Miyabi met up for coffee and they led up uh, to some stoner science sessions. And the combination of Riley's knowledge of plant medicine and Miyabi's knowledge of the ECS endocannabinoid system provides endless opportunities to go deeper in the therapeutic potential of cannabis. Both scientists are daily cannabis users, which I think is awesome that yeah. they were like upfront, upfront and about honest it. about mm-hmm. that and are passionate about breaking the barrier between science and education for everyone. Yes. And oh my God, the chemistry they have between with each other is just fantastic. We hope you enjoy this interview. Here is Riley and Dr. Miyabi Shields. Um, enjoy. Yeah. We're talking about the edible, the edible, edible survey. survey. Yes. I responded that yeah, it so does not work for me. <laughs> Yeah, we, we posted on both of our TikToks and on Instagram, and I think we got around 20,000 people to respond. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, great. We, we were pretty stoked yeah, about awesome. that. <laughs> also, you know what was interesting is that they are technically separate data sets, even though we obviously have a big overlap in the people who see our things, um, but they... The standard TV, they were they were pretty tight. Like the percentages came about the same. It was pretty much around twenty percent, which like, I would not have guessed until you brought it up from a conference yeah. that one of the MDs, a doctor, mentioned that it was around fifteen to twenty percent of people that he had found just in his practice that couldn't feel edibles. And then we were like, "Oh, that's interesting. Um, I wonder if we could get a large data set for that," which we were able to do. And I think. Based on what platform we posted on and how many responses, it was like between 19 and 22% of people that couldn't feel edibles. That's amazing. That makes sense. That I, I had, I had no, I had no clue that you all were out there not feeling. So both of you, that sucks. Both of you can feel the effects of edibles. Both of you. Yeah. What we feel? You're so lucky. You could, you could both feel the effects of edibles, like. I can, yeah. I um, I feel them like too much, actually. Like oh. eleven hydroxy is like way that's too right. strong that's... for me. But I um, yeah, that's actually the premise of all of my research is that I, I like the mellow edible, you know. Yeah, I have uh, never experienced what an edible feels like. Do you have you tried the delta A a delta A uh, edible? I haven't. Have you tried? You I I actually that? um. I've tried quite a few Delta 8 edibles and I feel them quite a bit, but that's also because the dosing is different between Delta 9 and Delta 8 edibles for at least the ones I've tried. So for instance, if I were going to a dispensary and get edibles, they'd typically be in like little five milligram cubes, you know? Um, But in this case, when I got the Delta 8 ones, they were in 20 milligram cubes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, you know, it's weaker, whatever. I took it and I was like, whoa, (laughs) I definitely feel that. And I actually really enjoyed the experience overall. Yeah, that's why I I felt like it it might it might be a better uh, edible for is it Miyabi? Is that how you say your name? 
It is. It's like uh, Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid. Nice. But but with a but with a B. That's why I say maybe Delta A would be better edible for you if you feel the effects too much. I I, I feel like it's yeah. not consistent and and for every like every single edible is different. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely um. I'm interested in Delta 8. I smoke a lot of hemp weed, so I definitely take Delta 8 because it gets created, mm-hmm. um, but only in like a small, I think it's like ends up being like less than 2% or something like that. But if you smoke hemp weed, then like, or hemp cannabis. Um, so I've definitely tried it, but not not like on its own and like concentrated. I'm interested in it. I also just like smoke regular weed too. So um that yeah <laughs> actually i like speaking of actually, yeah can we I'm gonna take, take a, a hit, hit of this I just like, uh, yay, so, yay okay. cheers we have okay so how did you guys okay. come to work together um, and meet probably tiktok right oh it's right there sorry okay, i well, got it oh sorry we're listening sorry what was that how did you guys uh start to work together and, and meet up in real life oh yeah this is kind of a funny uh funny story it's a funny story <laughs> Well, we met on TikTok. Yeah, we met on TikTok. That was that'd be what our book would be called if we. Wrote book. Our book is going to be called "We Met on TikTok." I don't think so. Let's. Well, okay. Okay. All right. I veto. I veto that one. But no, <laughs> it makes it sound like a weird modern love story. Okay, you're right. So, so I think. All right. All right. So, sorry, I'm just fixing this. So, when I started doing TikTok. I like didn't really know what I was doing and I made like a little video and I was like, I guess I'll post it on Instagram. My, my company had a product going to market and I had no social media whatsoever. Like I didn't have any social media, no nothing. And, um, I was like, I should have some social media. Cause like, if my product goes to market, someone should be able to like Google me and know that I'm a scientist or whatever. And I was like, I should educate too. And so I made a TikTok. And then you know how the algorithm works where if you make something, it will show you things that are like you. Mm -hmm. So the, the third video that came up on my TikTok was Riley talking about G protein coupled receptors, which is the type of receptor that the CB1 receptor is in the brain. And, um, talking about like downstream signaling pathways, basically GPCRs are the biggest class of like drug targets for for any drug, and it's a very common thing. But to find it on TikTok, but you don't talk about it on social media. <laughs> I've, like, I've done a lot of shit for making a video about GPCRs. Everyone's like, Riley, what the fuck were you thinking talking about <laughs> GPCRs on TikTok? And then meanwhile, <laughs> and then meanwhile, I'm here like, what? This is like this is real life. Like I need to figure this out. Follow. So then, <laughs> Yeah. instantly yeah, so then um then we got tagged we got tagged in a bunch of things together for a little while actually for a while it was like it was just kind of like oh like well, well I don't know people people just tag us together being like what do you think about this and blah 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 and then um something happened oh my my account got banned my first account just got shut down with like no warning like what? I didn't get like any it wasn't a war- I just like show I just like opened the app one day and it was totally gone and I was like well that sucks like I don't know. That was a bummer because it was like, probably because I was talking about cannabis. It might've been because I was talking about psychedelics. It could have been, but yeah, could have been that. TikTok really doesn't like psychedelics. So no psychedelics on the new account, only on Instagram. But like, then I made a new account. I, I was like, you know what? Don't get depressed. I guess I'll just have to do it again. Like start again. And I thought if I'm going to do it again, maybe I can do it better. 
So I went to Riley's page and basically stalked you. Nice. <laughs> Just like internet, internet stalked her. Um, watched like at the time, like 70 videos and was like, okay, she smiles a lot. <laughs> she was like, taking notes, smiles, bright lighting. A <laughs> hundred. No, one, 100. I was like, 100. I was like, she smiles a lot. She cuts her videos. They're not all taken in one take. Oh, like, I can't. Are you kidding? I, I mess up like every seven seconds when I'm recording. I'll like repeat a word twice. And I'm like, I'd never do that. Why am I doing that right now? It's like I get camera shy in front of myself. Dude, for real though, you're looking at yourself like surreal. I don't know. It's just like a. I get a it. It's weird for me too. I can't do it. On the internet, you're like, well, that's my face. <laughs> So and hundreds of thousands of people are following you but, um, and looking at your face. You this- yeah, I, okay. I, I got it. But um, yeah, so then I I was stalking Riley. And in the process of stalking Riley, I found, there's a video about your thesis on there um, and about how Riley was researching plant medicine, um, like making a natural medicine library. And I was like, well, that's incredibly relevant to my research at my company and what I do. Um, on top of that, I'm a structural biochemist. I studied the endocannabinoid system. So I, it's like the completely opposite side of... But we have the same degree, which is quite interesting. Yeah, we're, um, we're both like pharmaceutical sciences, and then we specialize in different stuff. So it really helps not having the exact same specialty, because, I mean, how much value do you really add when you're both really hyper-focused on the same thing? Exactly. Yeah, I so can't was, even... I can't even... Real, like being like, just want to see what you guys, what a session is like, be a fly on the wall just to see you guys go off on your topic. We probably wouldn't understand half the we things you're saying. We wouldn't, but it would be We'd so, like, I, we, I would be just like, those words? Yeah, but, <laughs> but you could tell how they're like, have such good chemistry that they just feed off of one another. It's really just, so, sorry. We, we go live together <laughs> sometimes. Oh man, yes. Oh, I gotta, and, I gotta catch um, And we kind of went on this tangent and we didn't really realize that we were just talking like this. And then someone commented like, it's like they're talking another language. Or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. We went into, we went deeper in there. So sometimes it's like when you, when we're on social media, I think that like, it's really important when we're, when we're educating at least to, uh, oh, here, oh, okay. uh, you do it. It's when we're, when we're educating, I think it's really important to stay surface level and to make sure your audience like understands. And I think that's something that, is easy to forget when we're just kind of like talking. <laughs> and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when we go live together, sometimes, Jesus, <laughs> when we go live together, sometimes it's like, it's just like when you forget about it and you're just going way too deep and it's like, so like for GPCRs, for example, like we probably, probably shouldn't be talking we about, shouldn't, talk shouldn't about be GPCRs. talking about GPCRs. <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> let's stay away from that topic What's and just that? talk about the CB1 receptor. Um, but I, at the same time, I think some people are really interested in that level mm-hmm. and like want to know the the deeper side of it. And I think that's where like it is unique that we're like complementary. And I guess I need to wrap up the story of how I met on TikTok. But I <laughs> I reached out and then we it was at the end of COVID and then we met up and then I oh, thought, yeah. you, you can take over. I'm talking yeah. too much. Miyabi sent me an email just about meeting up. And at the time, I was near Newport, Rhode Island. And Miyabi was in Boston, so we just met up for for brunch, and we vibed, essentially, to put it simply. That's Riley's word. Yeah, I say vibe a lot. Yeah. Um, I say dude and vibe a lot. We vibed. We vibed. <laughs> it was like an hour and a half long conversation about nothing 
like actually related. Actually, it really wasn't no, really related yeah, to cannabis at all. We talked about science. Um, well, we talked about science, but it was more like the abstract application of science in terms of like humanity's place in the universe. Oh, you're right. We were, it was it was me. <laughs> that is Dean. <laughs> Sorry, is this like crazy? I love it. I love it. I really, really do. I just, I do enjoy just seeing you guys kind of like go back and forth amongst yourselves. It's like nice. (sighs) I wish I was in Boston. Boston is nice. I would not mind going to my Boston. best friend went to college. <laughs> she went to Emerson College, so I used to visit her when she was out it's there. It's real nice. <laughs> oh, that's that's super close. We're like down down the street from that. Like, I'm good. It's pretty roachy. So your company is um, smoke and all, right? Is that your company, Miyabi? Uh, yeah, so it's the product. So the company is called Real Isolates. Okay. And it's a research company. And it's the play on words. We don't deal with isolates, but no one gets the joke. So it turns out the joke's on us with that one. Um, but um, we research like the rare formulations that are in cannabis smoke because um, both me and my business partner like prefer smoking. And so smoke and all is the product um, that's like a new type of edible that is like more comparable to the effects profile of smoking. Um, yes. How is that done? How okay, hold you- on. Let me pr- let me let me please let me set this up, okay? Because we are going back and forth. I was like, how? We we're reading about it and going back and forth on what we thought the process was. The extraction. It might. She might not be able to say because it might be proprietary, and we yeah. might not be able to like know about it. But she Jay over here thinks that you are smoking it and then grabbing. No. Producing smoke, not that producing they're smoking the smoke. It. They're producing well, right, the smoke, right, right, and then like capturing it and somehow extracting from that smoke the cannabinoids that get you, you know, high. I like, think, and and I think that's the idea, but I don't think that's, that's the, the process. process. I think there's, it's got to be a little different than that. I don't think you're <laughs> I was, actually. I was a fly on the wall for when you guys were first talking. About Same. That. <laughs> Same. I want to. I want to hear all your thoughts about it. Like, um, it is basically that, I guess, is, it, how, is how I would describe it. It's it's smoking the product in an oven and capturing the profile from, and from the selectively, smoke. You smoke. selectively capture, like, the cannabinoids, and it's more than just Delta 9 THC because actually, like, so starting at, like, 300 degrees Fahrenheit, Delta 9 can turn into like 30% CBN and like a regular lighter is like well over a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. So that's my, so that's, that's, I have another question based off of that. All right. That's, that's the way you ask any question. Because, because I, I just think it's kind of, I don't think when you smoke, Okay, so a lot of people are like, oh, contact high, you get contact high. I understood, I looked into that. If you're consuming the THC, well, but that's when it goes in through your I'm, lungs. I'm so now I'm thinking it's only because you're, it's going in through your lungs. So now I'm seeing the smoke being captured in a different kind of way. Yeah, it's not going through anybody's lungs. They're right. extract, like the smoke is coming out. They're my, capturing yeah, it. So, so that's the whole point. The whole point is that... Um, there are there their are extraction process and is people the prefer smoking. I mean, it's like pretty it's pretty clear that that's the most common method. And it's not just because of smoking. It's because it feels different. It has a different 100% effect. Profile. The effects. 
Yeah, like it feels different than edibles because it legitimately is, is different. different. Like yeah. the chemistry is wildly different because of what happens when you're lighting that on fire. It's like actively turning into different molecules. So the way you feel after smoking is different than how you feel after just taking a straight edible that's pure THC. And it doesn't go through that smoking process. It just goes into your liver to get metabolized. It's, it's also the reason why, um, why concentrate carts feel different. I was going to say, is vaping different also a different effects? Vaping is also different effects. I feel. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Dry herb vaping. And like, I, it's the differences. Um, I mean, it's really complicated because there's so many different ways, right? You have a bowl, you have a bong, you have, you know, rolling J's, you have like blunts. Sometimes there's tobacco on the outside. You have a blunt, right? Tobacco is very acidic like changes the chemistry. Mm. So it's interesting. And then, and then there's like strain specificity. So like, so terpenes, I mean, it's, it's unclear, like what, like what treats the strain specificity, but it seems like qualitatively people get more strain specificity out of smoking than they do out of edibles. That could also just be because edibles are made with trim. Like, so like, this like is so, made with like mixed okay. Stuff. So check this out. On that tip, because so we had somebody else. I don't know if you guys follow her. She's on TikTok, Livy Smalls. She's a cannabis cook. Yes. Right. We had her on our, we had her on our podcast. My God. And she is a plethora of information. I could just sit there and listen to her forever and ever and ever. I also, we also sometimes go back and forth and talk to each other, but she, we were talking about the edibles thing too, because you know, she's a chef and she actually, um, sits with people and kind of figures out why it might be that they're not like, you know, they do, you go through the process of trial and error and you kind of see what the circumstances were, you know, to see what your best bet is and, you know, being able to use edibles. And she said, because I was like, I had made, I tried to make a can of oil and I use trim. Because naturally, people are like, oh, okay, it's the shake. It's like, you know, you cook it. It's what you cook with. It's so I tried that. I did not. I, th- I don't know if I, I, I went, followed the instructions, but I felt like I did not get anything out of it. I might have beefed it up or something. And she yeah. told me that it is not a, like you. That is not a good you do not get the best content out of the shakes or you or the grounds that it is better to basically like maybe like the buds, like just crumble them a little bit and not even grind them in a grinder because when you yeah. bake it, it's like, it's like the grinders already degrading it. So you're already like jacking it up before you start cooking it. Cause it probably burns That's up faster. I mean, I definitely think different parts of the plants, 110%. Like when you look at trim and you look at like sugar leaf, basically, right? Like a lot of that is leaf. <laughs> like, right. you know, so there's, it is, there's, and then also just, it's been proven that there are different levels in the, well, in the plant. Well, they're know? mostly made in the trichomes, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's, that's what you want. Um, I, I did read, this is just a crazy side note that, a scientist forgot his name, but he's trying to genetically engineer a cannabis plant to have trichomes over the entire thing, oh. <gasps> so that you could produce like just ass loads of dude <laughs> of like any cannabis. That's you know crazy. what plant Whoa. I wish someone would make? I wish someone would make a cannabis house plant that I can't kill. Like, that would be nice. 
you know like if it was something that could just grow maybe a listener that would be awesome because it's like i don't need it to be like 20 percent. okay i don't even go like like that you know but i do need it to stay alive Alive. yeah no and it's crazy i i mean you definitely have to have a contained environment i tried growing outside and man it's bugs between bugs and the weather i mean i just can't get it right Mm -hmm. yeah the last time i put my little seedling outside like all the lower leaves were all eaten off yeah something started eating bugs get to it i was so sad i've I've only made one attempt and I, i think i didn't try hard enough too but i'm just you know my apartment is like survival of the fittest so <laughs> it's you know it's not uh i don't know it's not it's not a, a friendly environment it's, Dar- it's darwinian in here yeah i'm <laughs> definitely not a green thumb so uh could you guys explain to us the differences between uh flour and concentrates sure okay actually this is right up our alley so we're gonna say a word and the word might be people might not like it but we're gonna explain it the word is called chemodiversity okay and i think and i think initially it's a word that people are like what is that or right like what is okay tell me what your feedback is on that word actually i'm curious what do you think chemodiversity i'm thinking you're going with the entourage effect you're going to talk about how you need all the different parts of the plant and the concentrates don't give you that. Is that okay? Right? Am I so right? that's like, that's good. That's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much the gist of it. But a little bit, but like a little bit more, because um, the plant has like so much more in it than I mean. We talk about like cannabinoids and terpenes, uh, which is great. But the plant has so much in it. We're actually currently writing a chapter together um, on like all the rare and minor portions. Um, which has been difficult. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I'm also but, finishing up my. Uh, yeah, not, I just handed my dissertation. Ayo. Yay! That's cool. <laughs> Sorry, that's a tangent. I had to say it. Congratulations! Thanks. Like Congrats. I say, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> it's like it's an amazing time. I, I think the amazing thing about it is that you don't feel like it's gonna end ever. Like you're just in this tunnel. I hit send, and I was like. What the fuck do I do now? Like, that was insane. That was it's, unbelievable. It was all consuming. Oh my yeah. god! I have a TikTok <laughs> idea for you. Have you heard that sound? That it's um, I think it's from Night at the Museum, where it's the um, what's it called? This comedian saying like, "Oh well, you know, like congratulations. This is like the next step of your life." And then um, Ben Stiller's kind of like, "Oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do uh, tomorrow." <laughs> I'm going to send you the sound. I feel like yes. the premise of what you just said of hitting send and that whole feeling, I think it ties into oh, that sound wait. very well. But it, it's crazy. I mean, you feel like you're climbing for so long and then you like touch the top. But I mean, I still need to defend, but this was definitely the like. But doesn't it feel great? Part. Doesn't it feel like. I'm assuming. <laughs> It, feel, it feels unreal. It's also, it's also crazy to like, it's also crazy to see because you're writing it all up. And so you're, you're literally writing up the previous five and a half years or whatever. Yeah. Know, like, I don't know how long you're, but you're writing up in this really formal document, like a formal report, essentially of like this giant chunk of your life of your oh, life wow. and there's, there's like all this like journal there's like emotional things attached to it you're like i cried that day like i don't know like yeah holy cow i'm oh, sure congratulations yeah what man though uh, concentrate yeah we're talking about diversity this is the this was a tangent that was one i think it's worth it's okay they're great they're great 
Um, the main difference has to do with the fact of how they're made. Let me just explain how they're made, actually. That might be easier, right? Yeah. So like um, you have flour, it's, you take it and you, you extract it. Usually people use like a solvent of, of some sort, which means that there is something that the cannabinoids get dissolved into. Um, ethanol is a common solvent that's like drinking alcohol. And like if you were making tea, water would be your solvent. Yes, You'd be extracting yes. that tea bag and water is your solvent. Perfect. Yeah. So it's similar. It's exactly like that. You're leaching it out of the flour and then you, you know, you spin the flour down to get all of it. And then you take that solvent off, you remove it. So you like evaporate it off and all you're left with is the cannabinoids. Um, well, actually at that point you have a crude. So there's cannabinoids, there's chlorophyll, there's some, some other stuff gets pulled, like some of the terpenes get pulled. Um, and then to distill it, to turn it into a concentrate, um, how would I explain this? You basically evaporate it off like piece by piece. So the first piece is trash, you throw it away. Like you're evaporating it off and then the second piece is the one you wanna keep, that's the cannabinoids. And then the third piece is trash, yeah. depending on and every, there's different protocols for different labs, but it, it only takes the cannabinoids. And that's when you're left with that amberish colored distilled concentrate. Um, so it is only, since it is only taking the cannabinoids, the way it works is it, it takes a window of molecular weight is what I would describe it as. So a, a certain sized molecule, basically, and it, it cuts out everything else. Yeah. Um, and then do you want to talk about then the difference for chemodiversity plant, plant, <laughs> chemodiversity? Yeah. I mean... So the plants aren't going to just have what we just like made in that very narrow window of compounds. It's going to have so many others, even things like chlorophyll and just things you don't even think matter. But these different classes, the terpenes, they have specific, you know, benefits for our body. They interact with our body in a specific way. And then you have the cannabinoids as well. And they're interacting with different receptors in our brain, causing different medicinal benefits. But even the things we don't even know the benefits of, it's all in that plant. We have, I don't want to say redundancy, but. No, redundancy is a good, redundancy is a good way of describing it because it's, okay, so certain things in the body, it's not about how much of one single thing it is, but it's how much of like a number of the same class of, does that, is that a good way of describing it? Like they're, they're all a little bit different, but they're similar enough. And like, there's a threshold with you reach, like certain aspects of the body are not um, specific to molecules. They're they're called like they're called like non-specific interactions, and they occur all the time. We just don't talk about them. <laughs> like they occur all the time. Like alcohol is the perfect example. Like drinking alcohol. Like drinking alcohol is a non-specific. Right. Is a non-specific drug. We don't have a direct receptor for it. It causes like like changes all over the the place. You know what I mean? And so that's true of other molecules too. Like actually, I had a question. Do you think that the fatty acids that are in plants are essential, like, or like contribute to the bioavailability better because they are from the same thing? Or do you think it's worse? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> All right. So I, no, I, I would say it would make it beneficial if you're introducing more lipids into your formulation essentially and you're right. putting it into your body it will go through the lipids of our body easier well right? so the reason why i asked that is because crudes really work well so a crude extract is when it hasn't been distilled 
So that's like RSO, Rick Stimson oil is a, is a crude. Um, I don't okay. know any other crude, but it, actually homemade edibles are all crude extractions. Uh, people who do like butter, you know. How about rosin when they press it? That's, what would you call that? Rosin presses? Yeah, yeah, when they just, that extraction process. That, that's like, 50, that's very close to in between, actually. Yeah. I, yeah, because I'd say that's very close to in between. Rosin doesn't does use any solvents though, right? It's semi, it's semi specific. Like it is semi rarefied. Yeah. The word that a rarefied extract. Yeah. So it's less complicated than. It's less complicated than the complete crude, yeah. but then it's not quite as isolated as the distilled cards. Interesting. Yeah. I've never thought about rosin that way before. So even concentrates are. I, sorry. So oh. even concentrates are all different, right? Because even the way that they're, they're processed, that they're processed. Yeah. Yeah. And if they, but if they, so like if they end up being like 85% plus distilled down to THC, they're, they are, they're, they are both different depending on the process and the same, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're more the same than flower to flower, I think. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. But, but you're, if you're extracting, of- if the concentrates are coming from the flower essentially, I mean, the cannabis concentrates are also going to vary because you're getting it out of the plants that are all different, anyways, no? But what they're saying yeah. is that yeah. there's yeah. other things yeah. other than Some cannabinoids, higher levels of, you know, I don't know. CBC or something like that that mm-hmm. others or don't. THCV and like things yeah, like, just yeah, like, like little things and sometimes so those things the rare the rare and minor cannabinoids like they're present in like small amounts right but it doesn't just because something's present in a small amount doesn't mean it doesn't contribute to the overall like effect and experience so that was my I guess my question about the lipids was because for crude extractions they contain lipids often like yeah like they often contain the fats from the, the from the plant so the plant has like stearic acid, like the plant has a bunch of different fatty acids, just like, I mean, just like we do, right? Yeah. And if you, and if you remove any part, if you're making a concentrate or you're making an other product that you like remove part of the extract, you're almost always going to remove like that section. So it's fatty. So it's like a fatty section because the cannabinoids are fatty. Yeah. Essentially. Like whenever you pull, so think about it, like when you're cooking and you're making can of butter, like you're using butter, you're using oil, you're yeah. going to, you're going to use something fatty to it out so it also dissolves like other fats yeah that are like other fats that are in the plant and it's interesting that chef um chef livy right that yeah. that she that she said that about the grinding of them and about it's, it's inter- i'm interested in that i'm really interested it, in it is interesting like, structural the structural integrity of the cell and how the structural integrity of the cell changes the profile of the fatty molecules that are pulled out of it was the thought that some of it was like possibly lost in the grinder, like that? But what I'm also wondering is, I'm wondering if the cell walls actually right, break. Do, right, the, right. do the cell walls break, and does that change the composition? Because yeah. as opposed to just from the outside, actually, when you're like, they wouldn't break, right? They would remain. They would remain whole. And I guess I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's all <laughs> cell walls. That's okay. This is a question to be answered. To be continued. <laughs> So many. Are you kidding me? We're, this is the tip of the iceberg. Like I we're know. getting into, I hope, I hope that within this next year, <laughs> we find a way to finally get medical research on the way because I cannot even, it blows my mind to think that this plant's been around forever and ever and ever and nobody's ever been like, hey, maybe we should like, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> 
we're uh, we're making progress though they're yeah. finally letting other universities grow yes. cannabis or, or get it from like dispensaries local dispensaries just yeah. old myth which I'm, you know, it's great to ha- that we had that resource, but it's even better we have. No, let's many not more. let's not sugarcoat that. That resource was not an accurate representation of what was on the market and available to consumers, and so that was not. I don't. I I feel like it is. I mean, I appreciate the work that was done. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to say anyone was doing bad work here. I am just saying that that actual flower was not representative of the flower that was being used, mm-hmm. like in the markets. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's really right. That was really harmful to research in certain ways because it's like we're studying something that's totally different exactly <laughs> pretty much from from what's out there so i'm super stoked on that like I'm so excited and i and there's been a ton of extra research ever since the farm bill um on the other cannabinoids and the and the rare cannabinoids i still think there needs to be more obviously cuz i'm just like geeking out over it every time something comes out but um there's been so much more research and also the the other thing that's interesting is people always say like there's like we need so much more research on cannabis. And like, obviously as a scientist, like I'm always going to be like, yes, for more research, like we need more research. But there's also tons of research on the molecular basis for cannabis in the endocannabinoid system for therapeutic purposes. There is so, so much evidence for the molecular basis for every single thing. Like someone tells me something that cannabis helps them with. And it's like, yeah, Yeah, I can name you the molecular mechanism. That it would it's literally it would work intertwined with every single system we have every in our body. single system it's okay. the most important wait well we said this we both agree yes can it's you talk a little bit about the ecs I, I don't feel like people like i did not know about the ecs until we started this podcast and we, i really got into the community and it just blew my mind that this existed and i had no idea so I know that you're an expert on that <laughs> or you specialize in it's that. Crazy. And- I, I could not believe, I could not believe it. Honestly, I could not believe it. I could not believe how shameful and like how guilty I felt about what was a medicine that was helping me that mm-hmm. has every, there has every way I could explain at a molecular level, how it's helping me. And yet I was made to feel guilty and shameful and like that I was a criminal or like, right. Like, it's just, it, it was crazy. And then I, then like, after figuring it out, it's like, whoa, everyone should know this. Like, yeah, everyone needs to know it. I, and, and they're not teaching it. I think it should be taught in schools when they talk about the different parts of the human body. I, I don't understand how it's not. Oh my God. You are going to, you are going to get me started on like a rant <laughs> about this. So I'm going to have to keep it to one sentence, but like, I think that like pharmacology, which is what both, so both of us are pharmaceutical scientists this exact class on drug safety, not, and not just not recreational, not even recreational or medicinal, like all drugs, like literally any drug. What is a drug? If you ask a kid what a drug is, like they should be able to say it's a molecule that comes from outside your body that may or may not have an effect on your body. Yeah. Right. Like I I feel like if you can take a sex ed class, you can learn that Tylenol and alcohol can kill you. (laughs) Like, well, and I think if we like integrated this this education about the endocannabinoid system like young teenagers may be more likely to treat it like responsibly respectfully like, and respectfully like i i'm obviously a huge advocate for using the plant but there, there things can go wrong if you use it 
you know, in crazy high amounts or like a single molecule like THC in crazy high amounts, just with no, just with no regard that there is a possibility for tolerance, withdrawal and negative symptoms. Like it's, I will throw it out there that there is less of a statistical probability for those than with other, than with other drugs, right? But, but it exists. Like, and totally like just teaching about the endocannabinoid system early on, just, it makes them aware of like, this thing, this plant. But what about, what about the serotonin system and the dopamine system? Like, what about just like neurochemistry and neurodiversity in general? Like, we don't like, we don't really educate at this point in time. Like we don't go into the brain that much because everyone views neuroscience as this thing that's super complicated. And they're like, oh, it's like neuroscience. Like that's complicated. And I think, you know, to be honest, like neuroscientists will be it's pretty fucking complicated it's complicated (laughs) it is is absolutely complicated but but not everyone needs to know that detail so it's like if you're looking i'm trying to think of something like a good metaphor for this where it's like something's really really complicated but like you don't really need to know the details like i think the most important thing is like like you have receptors (laughs) in your brain ready to receive a signal and like different things are different signals i don't know like i know that's too yeah. vague, but and then the things that intercept those signals talk to each other, and then we, we need a cartoon. A cartoon. We can't. Yeah, we need a cartoon. <laughs> okay, actually, here's a good one. Okay, so yes. what if we were each different receptors? Like I'm the CB1 receptor, and like you're the serotonin 5-HT2A receptor. You could make a great skit. We'll be like two receptors, people, <laughs> and then people like throw basketballs. Yes, and then it's like that's your basketball to catch, and exactly. then and then we link arms and catch them in a different way. Exactly. Like, like and then after you catch the basketball, this, you like do a little dance, confetti pop something, and that yeah. shows like other stuff. But then happens. other times you don't confetti pop. Other times you pour water, right. like, or you do something different, like. <laughs> It's that's how complicated it is. Like, it's oh, like, okay. is this, are we doing a good job? I don't know we're doing a good job. Maybe we should move on. Shoot. I mean, okay, I mean, question. I'll be, I'll be looking out for that TikTok uh, video. I want to see that video. I know. Now we're gonna be banking <laughs> on that video. I don't know if that's a winner. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are gonna need some construction papers, some markers, some basketball Girls. hoops. You can get those at the dollar store, perhaps. I'll help you. I'll help Sounds produce great. this TikTok. Sounds great. I'm. All in on this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> use the sound from this clip as the song on the TikTok. Yeah, we'll use this. We'll use this sound. It'll be in the background as yeah. we try to explain what is going on. <laughs> I don't know how to do that though. Do you know? How no, to do I, that? Don't. I don't know. Isn't it crazy? Like now, too, having to get reacclimated to like social media and how like everything works and like TikTok is. I feel like I, I, I honestly TikTok has been like um a toxic relationship for me because the beginning oh. is like oh. you know you get a lot of followers and you're like whoa this is wow this is something okay we could do this and then you get into it but you start to feel the you know the the toggle of the, the community, community guidelines, guidelines. <laughs> dude <laughs> Yeah, they, um, the community guidelines. Well, really gets really me. Are you guys getting a lot of community guidelines vi- violations? Because you guys are educating. It's not like we sometimes uh, have smoke. We sometimes, It doesn't you know, matter. <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. And I, I feel like it's crazy because, like, for me, I was, like, from the start, because I, I did it for a month before that other account got shut down. And I had never done anything like this before ever. And so I was feeling really vulnerable, like, 
about it. And it made me second guess a bunch of things. Like I used to have in my profile, it used to say queer scientist. Like that was the first line that it was queer scientist. And I was like, I'm doing it because like, there's other queer scientists out there who aren't out. And like, and you're proud to show it. Like that's your, you know, yeah, that's part of what describes you. And I, I was something I identified with, I guess. And I was just like, this is a TikTok profile. It's about me. I'm going to whatever. And in that one month that I was on TikTok, I think I had like 10 negative things about it. But out of the 10, like five of them were like virulent. Like they were like really, really like mean. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. But then there were people who wanted to be educated. So like, that's useful, right? There's yeah. people who are like, why do you feel the need to put that on there? And then I can respond and be like, well, visibility is very important for minority communities. And especially being like an overlapping stigmatizations and cannabis. And like, I think it's really important. And then they'd be like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Like, and so that's cool. But then for the people who really didn't like it, I always wondered like, is that somehow how I got banned or something? Like they didn't like me. Right. And they were reporting like, they, you. They really didn't like me. Yeah, I mean, but it was like, there were a few people who were like, that's scary. That it's a real, it, it is a real emotional mindfuck because you don't get any explanation about it. So you start wondering <laughs> yeah. all these stupid things that you, I mean, it's like ridiculous. It's you're worrying about Why? things that you shouldn't even be worrying about. It yes. Is. And you put, um, and you put, you know, you put effort into the, into these things like for both, for both of us. Like we take teaching like really seriously, even though TikTok is fun. I mean, obviously we, we want it to be fun too, Yeah. but both of us are super serious about educating and about doing it in, in the best way that we can, in the most accurate way that we can, that still gets, you know, visibility. And, um, and so it takes time. I guess. It does. I mean, as I mentioned before, I mean, it takes a lot of takes just to like get something, <laughs> just to get a, a three minute video. And then you put, and then you put us together and <laughs> yeah, and that's a disaster. Um, but it's really fun. But um, disaster. yeah, I, I think overall, just it takes time and we try to make quality content. And then when they get removed, it's just kind of sad, which is, yeah. I mean, thankfully, well, like Instagram doesn't remove everything. Yeah, I would like for people to go there, but it's just it's just there's some more visibility. There's so many more it's people a, on TikTok. It's a. Okay, so Instagram, they, all, they also have uh, their sets of issues, too, with, um you know, with. Shadow banning. shadow banning or trying to conceal, you know, certain hashtags or things that follow. So you, it's also some you have to kind of navigate the stuff on Instagram, too. But I just feel like, man, TikTok is just the absolute worst. The worst. I just I hate the sense. You know, I hate the censorship in general because the censorship in general just brings the community back to that place of hiding and like shame mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. and like how we can't spell cannabis on we can't spell it correctly it's ridiculous cannabis, but at the same time it's i'm trying not to say it anymore which is like which is like we try not to say it but that's also weird yeah you gotta get we, you gotta get creative like, with it the drinking the comparison of drinking on tiktok is just ridiculous Insane. It's, how uh -huh. it is. yeah double it standards no for sure I think that the I think that the other piece that's like so hard about the it being removed thing is that the constant pros and cons. Okay, so on one hand, if I make a a really niche video that um is like not a lot of people want to listen to, like I made one on retrograde signaling. So mm -hmm. like I did I did one on like molecular like a molecular mechanism, um and so like it's that one will always be totally fine because it actually doesn't get viewership. 
Um, and so your likelihood or your, your chance of getting your video removed actually has to do with how good your video is, yeah. which is also really frustrating. It's really, really frustrating because we, if you were, I mean, I work really hard on all my videos and some of them suck. I'm, you know, some of them are a miss. Oh, I mean, same <laughs> like, I mean yeah. you can't, sure. you can't win, you them, can't all. win them all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you're, so you're trying really hard every time though. Right. And then, and then you get one that is really good. Like I had one about coffee. Yes. And it, it got removed twice. Why? Although it's, it's back now. So that's good. But it's crazy. <laughs> it got removed and then it made it through the appeal and then it got removed again. Okay. And I was like that like coffee. A month later. That coffee and cannabis thing is really interesting to me. You said how it kind of counteracts. Some, 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 not a lot, because there are Which so many women. Sense. There's so many moms that that's what they that's what they do. It's coffee, but, and but you know why? But you day. know why? Because because that's the like cannabis that you you know because the weed gets you right and gets you vibing and gets you in the right place, and then the can coffee and then the coffee going. just keeps you going, keeps you focused, keeps you centered, keeps you creative. You know, it's like a it's a romance. That's, wake and bake that's romance. the perfect way to just that's the perfect way to describe it and actually this is a great way to describe what we were talking about with receptors actually so coffee works on adenosine receptors it blocks them and obviously we know cannabis works in the endocannabinoid system so the cb1 receptors so those are two different receptor systems but the actions of them at the same or time well <laughs> well you, you and i would say they weren't but that's like a whole other podcast that's like we don't we have we have some out there theories out there things but that that would be that would take a while to explain but (laughs) right now we right now most people right now most scientists consider them to be separate systems and um those not these two (laughs) what you said most scientists but i guess not these two (laughs) yeah well yeah, but that's a whole thing. That's a whole other thing that we're doing yeah. Yeah, okay, together. Okay. That is, um, and it, we're writing a theory together. Yeah, yeah, that's which awesome. Is gonna be, we're pretty excited about. Um, There's so yeah. many things. Yeah. That was our first collaboration, wasn't it? That was the first collaboration. It was. That was interesting. Okay, so that's how it all worked out. So then we met up, and we were having this. We were. Oh, we never finished the story. We never of us meeting up and talking about life and then being like oh man like that's cool and then um I don't I did then I was like thinking about it and I was like this would be perfect I had this there's this pro like this thing that I've been giving it's an abstract it's like the theory behind the research that like my company does it's the like it's the foundational theory of what I do and like why I do it um it's like a belief that I have in the plants and humans and the way that plants and humans interact with each other. And so I was like, it'd be so great to give you this presentation because your expertise is basically exactly what I've been looking for. I've given the presentation to like other botanists, geneticists, like analytical chemists, like other pharmaceutical scientists, synthetic organic chemists. Like I've given the presentation to a lot of different scientists. Um, and then I was thinking, I was like, whoa though, like I should give it to this scientist. <laughs> But did any of those other uh, scientists that you, did any of them smoke? Yeah, I was mean, so plenty. I mean, also plenty of scientists smoke, like PSA. Like, okay. It's, it's pretty common. Because I, I was about to say, maybe of, she, okay. maybe it's she. It's not that common. I feel like some people, unless they smoke or unless they uh, actually partake in, you know, in weed, they don't, 
they they won't fully understand. Yeah, I don't. It, I don't think you studying. can fully understand it. I don't know. Is it is that wrong of me to say that you can't to, study something and not fully understand no. it unless you like part, you know partake? No, I completely no. agree. I I also think that like understanding it on a foundational level of your own personal experience is the only way, in my opinion, one of the only ways to build true understanding of molecular mechanism. Absolutely. But that's because I think way too much about <laughs> about it. But like. But I, I don't know if I, if I didn't, I don't know how I would think of some of the things that I like make some of the connections that you make, right? Like, because you have that firsthand experience. experience. Well, and just as you were talking about before that, like what that perfect feeling of the coffee and weed interacting and your brain is just like, let's go. Like, and this is awesome. But you're also chill. Yeah. You're also chill at the same time. Like, you like, can just feel like. No, you're, like you're you in control. You feel the productivity of the coffee. You feel like that productivity going on, but then you feel the chill and the like vibe of creativity <laughs> and creativity. And then, so then, and then coffee helps you execute. Yeah. So coffee helps you like be like, I'm gonna take this the finish point and like finish something. <laughs> yeah, I think co- coffee helps with creativity helps, too. Cannabis helps you start things though. Absolutely. So cannabis helps you begin like tasks. I feel like. Also, this is really abstract. We're like, yeah. Back to back to a different question. (laughs) Wait, I know what we're saying. Then we're gonna write the paper together. That was the first thing. Your theory. And then we've kind of like, as as per such, we've gone off on like a few tangents since then. It's always (laughs) yes, definitely. But yeah, essentially, all of us. Our collaboration (laughs) started with our just like appreciation for this plant medicine interacting with our bodies and and how we are actually how it is actually unique yeah like it's it's inc- really special connection. it's incredibly unique and it's inc- i'm i'm a super spiritual person like i'm like i i am so i was raised buddhist i don't have any like major like religious affiliation my wife and i say we're buddhish <laughs> just, just ish because you ish. take what you take what you like from it and just apply that and, you know right? yeah so my grandma my grandma raised me in like what's called like the lazy man's buddhism <laughs> i guess and it was, it was very, very relaxed. Basically, it's like you live your life by like the highest morals you can and you believe that the world is chaos and that everyone in, in the world is like making peace with that, I guess. That and like you sense. have your way of making peace with it. That is to live by the highest moral standards that you define for yourself or whatever. I don't know. Why am I talking about Buddhism? Man, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because I'm a spiritual person. That's uh, right. Because yeah. medicine, a plant medicine is oh spiritual. Sorry. Plant it medicine is me. spiritual. Like medicine has gone too far away from plants and natural ways to heal ourselves. And, yeah. and it, that's exactly we'll, we'll that. It's very that, spiritual. Like. Even though even though we're both scientists who researched it on the most granular, yeah. sterile, sterile. That's the word for it. Sterile. Academia is sterile. <laughs> it is absolutely well, sterile. It's it's supposed to be though. It's supposed to be. I, it I has to be. I didn't mean that in a negative way. I just mean it as as different than um real life. Yeah, I mean the, the real the real world. Absolutely, it's different. isolated for sure. And that's that's the point of it though. The point of academic research is to um, reduce variables. Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. control yes. variables. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but the real world is chaos. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that the Buddhist quality you t- talked about. Yeah, that's um, that is that's real life. It is fucking. But chaos. then it's this whole thing with like the spiritual nature. There's so many things that like you can't. 
explain and when you see life and when you see like and so we live in so we're in new england and like the seasons are certainly a thing and you see the earth breathe i mean like you watch and you guys you guys have your palm trees <laughs> but for, it's crazy because it's like even so those palm trees can live for like just insane amounts of, like we're we're sharing the world with so much life all the time and like the fact that something alive can make this medicine and just it's incredibly special and like it's a relationship between humans and the earth really all living things are connected like yes yeah. yes 100 on a molecular and a macro and gravitational even technically Absolutely. technically gravitationally like physically like physics and like like what is that quantum law i don't know but technically okay. technically there's micro gravitational pulls towards like it, like things just everything everything and it's like we're all so connected also like not to get way too deep this is we're gonna go way too yeah. deep here is the idea that there's other dimensions that we can't sense that is certainly yes. true i, I promised that to Jake the other day and he's like i'm not ready yes, for this let's like, go there okay. yes okay, other dimensions it exists what is this loki yeah this is loki shit here yeah, different timelines you're it's not guys it's just so it's just so possible it is it's so, it's I so possible it. It you know be. for a fact okay we can't hear or see radio waves like you know the radio like in the radio in the car or whatever so things can like literally we, exist we can't hear or see those radio waves so there are things that can exist that we just can't sense and we actually don't know they exist because we like can't sense them and actually statistically it's likely that there's an infinite number of those things conversation how far away uh, do you feel we are from it become federally legalized? Do you think that's going to happen soon? You see them introducing all this new legislation. Well, I, I don't yeah, want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. Everybody has it. Don't do it. I don't feel right. Yeah, we should. We should I feel like how can we? It's already know. been jinxed so much. People, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's like. Oh, sorry, did you ask a question? No, she's no, it's it's already been so jinxed. How, we can't jinx it any more than it's already ha- <laughs> no, it already has been. No, I mean, I this is the farthest it's like ever even gone. Even if the government this says in a calendar year, I, hey, oh, I, I said it. Oh my god, if it, if it happens, then we're like, I feel like it too. We should have a pool, but the thing we is, we should have like it. a bet, like a pool. Where we're like, oh, by the end of twenty twenty one, oh, by the end, beginning of twenty. But this is a thing, we though. Going with the whole cannabis community, how great would that be? Like, we should see, like, how good can we? predicted yeah. by, like, by like crowdsourcing the answer although like a pool i don't know i'm not i'm like i'm like a weed pool that would be optimistic for me everybody Even, gotta throw down i don't know i'm I mean, gonna be optimistic i, I really are. i really hope so is that that post that's but the that thing is, is in the dissertation yeah, going yeah but just there. but all right but just because the government says hey like okay cool we're gonna do this <laughs> the states are still in charge of their own, so the states can still fuck it up big time. Like there they have been, be, their uh, states. Have, I'm sure there are going to be states, states that are going to be like, uh, no, not oh, here. No, not oh here. no, not here. There's a whole town here in Florida this that has a oh, that. Here. Oh no, oh, yeah, not there's here. Towns, there's towns up here too, like that. It's interesting. It's it is interesting that it became a state's right. I mean, the I'm not really super into politics. I mean, like I guess I don't know. It's, Who decided that was the idea? I mean, that's I, such an atrocious idea. I, well, well, so I feel that, like, that's what like you feel like, like from a legal state to a non-legal. Can state I say? Can I? Can I just so make? Well, can I make they, this? They didn't decide it. The people decide. So the problem is, no, that that's the, the bill. That's the bill that no, they're trying to pass. You know why it's like that, though? And then the people overturned it. Right. Yeah. 
But it's right. like that because yeah. they want to make shit more complicated. They want to make it more complicated for laws and shit to get passed. So they'll make you jump through a thousand hoops. So they'll say, okay, we'll do it. But your state could, is going to figure it out. And then you're going to be sitting around, depending on what state you are, because there are states that are still very... Honestly, I think if it becomes federally, like, descheduled and everything, I think all the states are just going to be, like, fine. No, I don't think the states are going to be like fine. There's so much I money. There's so much money. There's so much money. There's so much money that they're going to well, want to be exactly. in control of that money. In the ideal world, that like absolutely, but I I don't know. I, I don't know. Basically, there's some... if they're surrounded by states that it's all legal and they're the only one not, and all their sorry, all <laughs> all their like you know residents are going to the neighboring states to get their weed. It's still going to get into their state. So yeah, so then why aren't why is that why doesn't the state want that tax revenue? Exactly. Like why doesn't the state want to make money? They're already all jumping on board little by little. They're already all jumping on board little by little, even without federal. So all right. I really I really think it would make a lot easier for research, but um definitely. I don't know. I I've been trying to I've been like loosely throwing my like trying to get at least somewhat involved in like using my voice for like some sort of political thing. And it was very demoralizing. I mean, it was, I would probably say it's been the most demoralizing experience I've had. And that's including my PhD. So (laughs) it's been, it has been really talking. I I was very naive going into it being like, I will just tell them about the neuroscience. (laughs) Yeah. I was going into it being like, being like, I will just explain to them exactly the molecular thing. I like, have my nose. Molecular- <laughs> I, I know exactly how to get it through their head. I will show them that this is beneficial to humanity. And then they will listen to me as a scientist. They will understand the molecular mechanism and they will uh, do the right thing for the people. For the people. So what, what happens when you... Um... Well, nothing. Nothing happened. Oh, it was crickets. Yeah, it was crickets. To pretty much every city councilor team in Boston, I yes. think. Like, not every, not every single one, but a good amount of them. I never talk to the city councilors, though. I talk to their policy advisors, which is who they push people on, who they don't want to talk to. I think okay. that's how I feel. At least that's at least how it made me feel as a voting resident in Boston. That mm. <laughs> I was made to feel like that. I showed up to a lot of publics, like public things and gave public disclosure and gave public statements and whatnot. And most of it just surrounding like medical therapeutic value and decriminalization to like, and to at least partially remit racial injustices and our economy. And just, it was just, it's interesting because it's almost contrary to, it's almost contrary to me being in the cannabis industry, but I do genuinely believe like that's the right thing to do for society and to treat it as to treat addiction and to treat that as a as something that's a health concern and not a criminal offense like i think i think that it is a health concern Mm -hmm. and i think it's been proven that treating it like a health concern benefits society yes and and benefits people and then it also is proven that very specific types of people um, that everyone, for the most part, does drugs, like, across the, the country, right? Like, lots of different people. Lots of different people do drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All demographics. All demographics. Yeah. But a very specific color of person is arrested for doing drugs. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's that fact. That fact exists in the, the universe. <laughs> and then it's, 
it's just an it's another it's another piece of this basically it's that yeah. we're looking at our system and we're saying that you know something which, about this which is, is what people argue that why weed was illegal in the first place it was yeah. just a yes. way to lock yeah. up people of color right. just it was, made it easy I was, and people when, when people still call i mean it's like i try not to call it marijuana for that reason like in in general i think like we were calling it cannabis like mm-hmm. for a long time before mm-hmm. actually like pharma, pharmaceutical companies used to make cannabis tinctures. Yeah. They would they would make actually one of them that's still around today uh, made candy coated chocolate cannabis tab- tablets. Ooh. I was like, that's basically just like a an edible. An edible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which I think we just forget about that because that was pre nineteen you know thirty seven. Yeah, um, and then nineteen thirty seven they started calling it marijuana. That's when it was the marijuana tax exempt the whole campaign uh, to villa you know vilify it just to make it look like an evil thing devil's lettuce uh people that use it go crazy are bad and all these things you know what you know what's nuts though is that so that was 1937 right when that whole when it when it began when it like truly well it probably truly began a bit before that because massachusetts was the first state that actually banned it i think or regulated it, but Massachusetts, it's interesting, a lot of places had it written in their laws that it had medical value. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts had it written its law. The 1937 Tax Act, um, which made marijuana like illegal, was only for recreational. It actually still allowed medical use in the, in the law, like written in the law. Oh. It was written in the law in 1937 that there's medical use. So then how does it get schedule one status after that when there was already a law written in the amount of documents we have <laughs> stating it's medical use by like the, the it was presented to the British Royal Society in the 1800s like it was like it right. was a long and then also why so 1937 was only how many years ago like almost 100 but like not even not that even. was not even a hundred even that long ago. ago like yeah that sounds like a long time but like it's not Mm-mm. and like Cannabis is being used medically. We have documented proof for thousands for of years before this for four thousand plus years. Like that is even even <laughs> apart from you know what we use for medicine, just the plant in general, just the the hemp products you can make out of it are oh like um the first so the beginning the I love this the beginning of humanity's relationship with cannabis plant was as one of the first things we made rope out of well exactly sails and rope and like as it's just it was one of our first it was our one of our as humans it was one of our first staple um what would you call that a textile I think there's also a story where um, it was more resourceful to use to make paper products instead of yes. trees out of hemp. Of course. And so then yeah. the, the big wig at the paper company or whatever the fuck was like not really, you know, he was one of the he was getting in the politics or whatever and had whatever for whatever reason. Money changed it so that hemp wasn't considered something that was more valuable because the paper guy was in Our jeopardy. Our forefathers farmed hemp. Hemp was I, uh, a big part of our our history as well. No, I I heard that as well. That was when a bunch of deforestation happened up here. Like, there's tons of deforestation. I'm like, it's 
it's interesting because hemp is actually more um what is the word i'm looking for um recyclable red like it's renewable Resourceful. sorry that's that, like you you can use it in like resourcefully a bunch of different Resourceful, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. I, that's not the word. It's not recyclable, but whatever. It'll maybe it'll come to me. It probably can be tomorrow when it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, you can use it for you can use it for so many things. The seeds are fibrous oh. food. Like I know the word you're thinking of too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> now she's like, damn, I'm gonna be stuck looking for that word. Uh, yeah, what do you think like about like the seven dis- seconds? <laughs> <laughs> that's Those are the time. best ones. Seven, seven second videos on science, like. <laughs> What do you think, like, what are your opinions on, like, sativas versus indicas? Like, I I see people saying how there's really no longer really indicas and sativas, that they're just basically all hybrids now at this point. I'm, I'm sure there's pure strains somewhere. Like, I'm I'm sure. There are. There, there, has, there has to be someone, like, well, although the land race strains are almost gone, which is, like, a whole thing. But, like, so... <laughs> So definitely like in the past, I mean, the plants themselves look different. Like the actual plant is very different in appearance, but in the past, I would say it was way more true because hybrids didn't exist. And not only did hybrids not exist, but in the past, indicas grew in a very specific place and sativas grew in a very specific place. Right now, everything's kind of getting grown under the same conditions. Mm -hmm. And the environment, like the environment makes like a really, really big difference. Right. So even, you know, a lot of plants can be capable of producing the same suite of molecules, but maybe in different ratios. And that makes you feel completely different. So we might attribute that to the feelings of indica being kind of a downer and sativa kind of being an upper. But it's more of just like that ratio of chemicals that works with your body to make you feel a specific way. And then someone else, it might be different. So that's that's, the, that's the other caveat, right? So for someone else, it could be totally different based on your endocannabinoid. And that's system. why like when, when I think people are starting off using cannabis, they're like uh, something that could be helpful is trying out different strains with completely different profiles and keeping good notes on them of like how they make you feel. Yep. And then you can, you know, following that path of what makes you feel good until you find this perfect uh like strain or chemo bar uh that works well with your body or like a mixture like honestly like i mix everything like almost everything that i like i'm smoking is like a salad like salad you know like it's just like a mix a mixture. mixture like you can find what works for you if you like it's unfortunately it's trial and error that is something that is yeah but doesn't but doesn't your body also doesn't um doesn't tolerance come into play in your body? Just like, let's suppose you go on a diet and have a workout routine and lose all this weight. And then, you know, you have like a plateau and like, oh, well, what do I do to break the plateau? Well, now I have to change kind of sort of the way that I eat again and like shock my body. Wouldn't that work the same for strains where if you, yeah, you can find uh, something that works for you for a while, but you might want to change it up because it's not going to work the same after so much time of you doing it. And or your body, it, our bodies have like a really big propensity to make a new make a new normal, or like it's called homeostasis or like a homeostatic response. And like our bodies are very capable of like just getting used to something, right? Yeah. Like and then and then it's it's used to it, like you said, it's a tolerance, it's a very specific tolerance. But it's like more than that. It's also like the the state that your brain is in. You know what I mean? Like it's it has to do with like 
your our brains are always changing. That our brains are always going from like what it was yesterday to what it's going to be like tomorrow. Um, they never are static. Like no, the receptors in your brain are never like okay. There are always twenty of these here. Right, you're always making of these some. You're always down. You're hiding them essentially. Yeah, recycling mm-hmm. them. And the the way that your body decides how many receptors to recycle or not depends on the signaling molecules. Um, the signaling molecules depend on any number of things, stress, diet, exercise, genetics, like, and I think the weather of keeping like a weed journal is you don't need to like always buy the same strain, but if you say, oh, this 12% THC high in beta caryophylline made me feel good and my stomach feels better after this, whatever. You don't need to keep buying that exact same strain, but that general profile might be something you might want to pursue in the future again, or like, or you have it in your, you know, armory of different things for when you're feeling that specific way. So like journaling, how you feel can be writing it, writing it down is so key. The other thing is that if you start writing down how you, how much you use Mm -hmm. on top of that, like, just like, doesn't have to be exact, but just be like, I like, okay. Like that, that jail is probably like, I don't know. 750 milligrams or something right it, I think it was like less than a gram for sure but like just to know just to know how much and be like we split it write it down like know that and like if you if you're writing everything down if you're writing the profile down and then you write down how much like it doesn't have to be exact or you can buy a cheap scale for like eight dollars and it could be exact but yeah. you write down how much it is right how much you're using it's super easy then to determine if you're developing tolerance because you'll see the amount that you're using if it increases yeah. shit my bank my bank account sees the tolerance okay my bank account tells me pretty good uh, if so this i'm is, this is hopefully before the bank account right? <laughs> like then because then you can the other thing with tolerance that i talk about often is that like if you take well and then also you, you don't always need to take a tolerance break but it depends on your use like, i call them modified tolerance breaks and this is again why it's good to write things down you can go from like an 18% THC uh, strain of weed and then go to like way lower. And that's kind of like a tolerance break, but it's not a real tolerance break. No, but it's still, yes. it's still in some ways, if you do it for long enough, it's still in some ways resensitizing exactly. your brain. Exactly. You're still giving your brain way. a little bit of a break. It won't and, happen as quickly. Right. But compared to what you were exposing it to, it's still kind of helping with your tolerance. And that's my kind of tolerance break. You're absolutely not increasing it. That's the type of tolerance break I need in my life. I bet whatever you get at the dispensary, you're like, oh, this this week the dispensary only has 14%. Oh, well, so I, I guess, guess we're calling on a toss semi and mini tolerance. <laughs> That's break. when you whip out your weed journal and you're like, you're like, <laughs> the last time I did try to do a tolerance break during those days that I wasn't smoking, I was still doing a CBD flower to at least, you know, help a little bit. You know, with the idea, the placebo of like, no, but you're also like, yeah, and then you're still also getting some of the effects of the plant, just not the THC. So oh, I, love, I, I love flower. <laughs> like I, I really love hemp flower. I have a I'm question. A big, I'm a big, big fan of it. I mix, mix it though, make it in the salad. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's really nice to mix it. I have a question um about the temperature. Okay, because right, we're talking about how the temperature affects how you also ingest, you know, whatever the smoke is. So I understand that when you overcook bud. You can turn it into CBN because essentially you're 
it's a higher temperature and it converts into CBN, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, does that also depend on like the lighter and how hot it is or whatever you're using to light your your flower? No, no matter no matter what, I'm I'm convinced that and this is just from like what I've seen in my research, but I'm convinced that no matter what, if you're using a high temperature, it will be present. It's just about the amount. CBN. Like, yeah, CBN will be present, like in smoke. It's just about the amount, like how much. And that has to do with like when you're breathing in. So like when you're using the lighter, sometimes you light it initially, but then it's cherried and you're not lighting it, yeah. right? And in that case, it's more similar to a joint where there's like an ember that's burning really hot, but then the, the area right beneath the ember is cooler. And then the area right below that is even cooler. So you have these different temperature area, you know, areas. <laughs> Andy calls them bowl smoking dynamics, <laughs> but uh, there's, it, it's very nuanced. Like the temperature, it's, it's interesting basically. Uh, yeah. You could so burn a bowl you know, without having to burn the whole thing too. You could burn like the corner of the bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Like we when you're etiquette. sharing a bowl, that's what you do. You, you only burn half the and corner. then you, the other yeah. half is for the other. Well, I mean, we don't share bowls anymore. Well, I do with you my know, husband. COVID, right. But <laughs> Back in the yeah, day. Yeah, now you have it all. Now you just have them all to yourself. A whole bowl. <laughs> a whole bowl. Um, yeah, it does. There's, there's a lot going on, but absolutely it, it transforms and we just don't, we don't really think about it that way or have been like testing for it before. And actually that's the product. So smoking all is high in CBN, which makes sense because you're exposing it to high temperatures. Um, and it's interesting because... Um, I, yeah, I guess my, the, the real thing I was interested in was just that I really feel differently from smoking and it's way less, um, anxiety provoking or paranoia feeling. I get those feelings from edibles a lot. And then I also get very cold, which is, I don't know if anyone else has experienced that, but that's a CB1 receptor related effect. You get really cold, like you're shivering and like, I get very cold and very gelatinous when I take edibles. Gelatinous? Like I literally will melt into the couch. Gelatinous. Yeah. yeah like, gelatinous. I feel like jello. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I think... don't actually turn gelatinous. But... I honestly, I honestly feel like edibles make me feel crazy. Like I don't, I don't like what they do up here. Yeah. Like... But I think too that then that's when you get too much because I think people, I think everybody can get there if you have too much. So why do, why do you think 20% of the population can't feel the effects of cannabis, cannabis edibles? Oh why? God. Why is it? Why I, am I that 20%? And what can I do? Is there, I just don't know. The think. thing is, is there's so many different things you have to test out too. Like how, what would be the next step now that you kind of have an idea? Um, Cause you said the first step is finding out how much of the population is like this what would how would you research this that's a great question. and can i be part of this study so, okay <laughs> i mean we can't, it would be really difficult to do right now also we don't be like send us your blood or whatever right i'm a phlebotomist yeah, i could draw I'm your blood she's a phlebotomist i'm a phlebotomist my body <laughs> we have we have resources so if you guys need blood <laughs> I've, I've actually told, I've actually told a lab there that, so the one thing I will say is that it's very difficult to work with human samples. Yeah. Um, it's, it, that is, it's just really difficult to work with human samples because there's like huge, I mean, obviously for good reason, for good reason, there's like huge ethical oversight and like a lot of, um, paper pushing and a lot of money, like a lot of money. expenses. Yeah. Um, on top of that, there's the whole like, cannabis thing. but it would be so interesting to know. I think there's two options. I, okay, I agree. Do we agree with the same option? I don't know. All right. 
Okay, I'll do the first one of them. I know okay. the one you're going to say. Well, you know what? Okay. Well, okay. How, how do you know, how do you know what I'm going to say? Okay, well, whatever. Because she can, you yeah. guys got a connection. Yes. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay, never <laughs> mind. She knew what I was going to say. But okay, so <laughs> all like people who can feel edibles make 11 hydroxy. The fr- This is the first phase of metabolism. It's called phase one. Um, there's another metabolite that gets created and it's, uh, it has a non-good name. It's like a norcarboxy. But basically it has one more oxygen atom and it's inactive. And for people who can feel edibles, like we make like maybe like 1% of it. Like, right. We don't make a lot of that. But like I, one of the theories is that people who can't feel edibles, your body is making only that inactive. So it can either make the, the 11 hydroxy, the one that makes you feel more high, which is the reason a lot of people feel more high from edibles or, or even subsequently later in the metabolism, it will later produce this other metabolite that doesn't make you feel high. So the question is, are the people who don't feel edibles, are they only producing the molecule that doesn't get them high and they're not able to produce the one that does? So they take the THC, which is active, and then their body immediately turns it into something inactive, basically. Uh-huh. Right, they have to be doing something to it. Their, their liver enzymes that are like metabolizing, the liver enzymes have to work or THC would just be floating around and then you'd feel high again. So like something's happening, but the question is what? What is it? And how can we stop what it from it? happening? Yeah, but you know what? Then there's the other theory of like, what the, what this happens to me, I feel like my tolerance has changed. So it's different for me now, but sometimes it's also the timing of how, what, when you eat, because it has to be processed with by fatty fatty acids, right? So if you haven't eaten anything and you just eat an edible, uh, the THC so doesn't have anything to no, bind I to. About fatty acid binding proteins, though. right? That so it doesn't have anything. Oh, to- I was, no, you can go on that. Oh, okay. Then you talk about the keto thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So fatty acid binding proteins are these little basket shaped proteins that actually shuttle around. They, their job in the body is to like dissolve fats and like bring, because the endocannabinoids are fats. Like we have tons of fat molecules in our bodies that are signaling molecules. And so the FABPs, fatty acid binding proteins, they shuttle, they're these little, little spaceships. They, they shuttle those around and they're proven to shuttle around the cannabinoids as well, like CBD and THC. And mm. so they, it's, it's not known like, with, with these two, like with, it's not known how it works where they bind to more than one at the same time. Do they compete with one another? Does the presence of one of the, the, the different fats, like you're talking about, right? Like eating a different fat, does the presence of that fat increase the number of fatty acid binding proteins? Yeah. Because they, it does. I mean, like it's in terms of like, not for cannabis that hasn't been looked into, but, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but what do you think like a first step in a study would be? Do you think it would be like analyzing people's urine to see what metabolites from, from the THC are present? Or do you think like a liver enzyme study? It's so hard because a majority of, a majority of the cannabinoid metabolites get sequestered in the fat. Hmm. that's it's so difficult so it's, it's very very difficult there's like a depot effect so blood is really better than urine but blood is way more invasive to to get right yeah. like that's so like my first my first instinct of what I thought the first step would be would be blood okay but that's I'm 
I'm not clear. I'm also not a metabolism person. I wasn't, I just, that's coming from the mindset of being like, I'm not clear what's cleared in the urine versus the feces. Like, cause so our body clears metabolites in two different ways, right? Like number one and number two, yeah, <laughs> like, literally. literally. And so those, it, but there's two different ways. So if you're only testing the urine, oh, you're right. right. You might not be getting like the whole picture. Test I feel like there's something <laughs> hidden in our genetics too. I think oh. so. Man, that was lots of fun. That was our interview with Riley and Miyabi. You can find Riley at Canna by Kem and Miyabi at Miyabi PhD on Instagram. We'll also link them um, in our show notes. And uh, there's uh, they also have um, the company. Miyabi's company is www.smokingall.com. So definitely check them out. Follow them on TikTok too. They're lots yes. of fun. Their their content is very educational and I love yeah. when, when I find one. They talked about, Miyabi had one recently about the effects of cannabis and coffee, which we talked about a little bit in the interview. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're going to join us. Yes, on live they tonight. will be on live tonight or, you know, Wednesday. Uh, what is the date? What's Wednesday's date? The 28th. Yes, the 28th. So if you are listening to this before the 28th or on July 28th, please, um, Hang out with us tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on Instagram. We thank you for listening to the Pot Smoking Moms podcast. We realize that you have so many podcasts to choose from, and we are so lucky to have you as listeners. We're also super lucky to have these wonderful patrons that we communicate on a regular basis. So special thank you goes out to Yanni Reyes, Destiny Adams, Lauren Hadsel, Jesse Reyes, Christy Rodriguez, April Collins, Terry Grimsley, Shelby Gleckler, Denise Caceres, and Liza. Thank you guys so much. Become a patron for early access to episodes. You get additional content, full uncut versions the of full the interview. interview yeah, you're going to want to hear it. Mm-hmm. We go into like ghosts and all sorts yeah, of Yeah, we talk stuff. about ghosts and radioactive <laughs> frequencies. No. Alternate dimensions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so become a patron. Uh, we also have Zoom smoke sessions. Subscribe to our podcast, rate, review, you know, just make, do something that shares us with everybody, pushes our content out, you know, let's get into as many years as possible and uh, we can, together we can break the stigma. Potsmokingmoms.com is a website. You guys, thank you. Bye. Bye.